With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast where Mary Kay Cabot answers questions about what else? Baker Mayfield, because that's what our Football Insider subscribers wanted to know. So that's coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as we spin things forward. For Baltimore, two games in a row against Baltimore. They are absolutely enormous games. Now, I mentioned this in the pod, but our schedule is a little different this week. We will not have a Thursday pod. Uh, we will have a pod on Wednesday and a pod on Friday, and that'll be kind of our picks pod and a roundtable. So that's coming up. So you've got to make sure you're subscribed to this feed wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, be a Football Insider subscriber. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get all your information and get signed up. All right, here we go. Our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Tuesday podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition. Mary Kay, let's get right to it. This question comes from Harley in Westlake. Hey Mary Kay, what percentage of the problems with the Browns offense do you place on Kevin Stefanski? And what percentage on Baker Mayfield? It's a great question. Uh, I think there are other places to, to put some of the blame as well, including all of the injuries. I think you and I both can agree that Kareem Hunt coming back will help a lot uh, and that some of the other guys getting healthy will help. Jack Conklin coming back should help. Um, but I put a lot of it on, on Baker uh, because – it's, I just think that a really good, a really good quarterback uh, can overcome a lot of ills. And when you look at a lot of the quarterback play that we have been seeing in the NFL this season, including uh, just looking at that game that I watched last night, we're taping this on Monday, but just watching the, uh, the Steelers and the Chargers game. I mean, you know, there's some pretty darn good uh, quarterback play that, that can overcome a lot of things. And the Browns haven't gotten that this year. And it's been probably, it has been the biggest disappointment of the season. Now, I think a lot of that can be attributed, or at least some of it can be attributed to Baker Mayfield's injuries. I think it's a combination of things. I think it's his injuries, other people's injuries, and what defenses are doing to him, including taking away the keeper game. And by the keeper game, we mean the bootleg rollout game. So um, I think it, it is a combination of things, but you know, anybody who listens to this podcast by now knows that I, I give the quarterback a lot of credit, a lot of blame. Most people do, uh, but maybe me more so than others. So I'm going to put it on the quarterback because you because you have to make those plays. I mean, Kevin Stefanski called, I thought, good plays yesterday. I thought the receivers were open and the ball didn't go on the money. 
And I mean, just starting all the way from the first pass to Jarvis Landry, the wild throw over Jarvis Landry's. I mean, what was that even? <laughs> what was that? But it was one of many. And I don't know if it's because he cannot plant. Uh, I don't know if it's because of his knee. I don't know if it's because of the harness. Whatever the case may be, that's not the Baker uh, that the Browns signed up for. That's not the Baker that Baker signed up for. So I'm going to put the majority of it on Baker's shoulder. If I have to put a percentage, I guess I'm going to go 60 there and then 30 on Kevin Stefanski and not being able to perhaps adjust to whatever's going on with Baker. Um, and then the rest of it on injuries to guys around him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's fair. And I think the injuries have to be mentioned, especially when we're talking about, you know, they've been without Nick Chubb for games with first the calf and then COVID Kareem Hunt has been out with the calf Donovan people's Jones didn't play on, on Sunday. And, you know, I, you know, we've joked on the picks pod that Donovan Peoples-Jones makes like two deep catches once a month, but those matter. Like when you have that guy that can get downfield, maybe one of those would have popped yesterday. Um, and, and you need that. Even, even a guy like, you know, Anthony Schwartz out with a concussion, maybe yesterday would have been a day where he could have gotten loose in, in the second level. So yeah, I think injuries have to be mentioned in all of this. So yeah, I, I think that's a fair percentage. And to me, it's just hard for me to believe that Kevin Stefanski suddenly doesn't know how to call a game. I mean, we spent all last year talking about how brilliant he was sequencing plays and and setting things up. And it's just hard for me to believe that that's suddenly disappeared. And so whether it's the the injuries or whatever, and that Jarvis throw, the process was great. Look to Njoku. He wasn't there. Then look to Jarvis. And then he just threw the ball over his head. I mean, that's not Kevin Stefanski's fault. It's just things like that. Yeah, things like that. And um, and again, I do think that that defenses, and we talked about this, we wondered, I, I really wondered what defenses were going to have in store for Baker Mayfield this season. Because uh, on one hand, you could look at it and say, he will build on everything that he did in the first year of Kevin Stefanski's scheme. And it's all going to be so much better this year. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other one is, what are defenses going to take away from him? And when they do, how do they adjust to that? How do they beat it? How do they overcome it? And again, I think they really have done a nice job of uh, hemming him in, eliminating the keepers and taking away uh, one of his biggest strengths. I mean, that's what he was always out on the perimeter throwing the ball last year. And and I just don't see that anywhere near as much this, this season as I did before. And I think that's really been a detriment along with other things. When you mentioned, yes, Anthony Schwartz out now, Anthony hasn't really been ready uh, for, for the moment this year because of uh, his own hamstring injury, but still Odell Beckham Jr. And Anthony Schwartz were your two speed guys this year. I mean, they, they don't have either of them right now. Odell's gone. Anthony's got a concussion. So it does, it changes the way that you can play. But having said all that, I still think, and we talked about this post game, I still think there is enough talent on this offense to scheme it up and to draw it up to be able to make plays and including some explosive plays uh, and win football games, especially when you have that offensive line and that running game. You should be able to hit some things in the passing game. And it's just been weird. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's been bizarre. And it sure feels like guys are getting open. I mean, I guess that was the whole gist of the Odell Beckham Jr. fallout when his dad posted that video 
it, it seems like guys are getting open and the ball's just not always getting to them for whatever reason. And you know that maybe that's part of the disconnect. I know you asked Kevin about this and I know you asked Baker about it. Maybe that's part of the disconnect right now between those two, however deep that runs, that maybe that's just part of it. Yeah. And the other thing, Dan, when I watched uh, Mac Jones so very closely play in that game and really watched how his passes come in and how he varies the speed on them and varies the touch on the ball. I think that's one thing that Baker really needs to work on if he wants to take his game to the next level. And that is uh, to throw a different type of ball for every different situation, you know, and for different players, you know, knowing how to vary that uh, arm angles and arm and, and ball speed and putting just nuanced touch on the football I think it's an area of growth for him moving forward. Okay, so this kind of leads us a lot of Baker questions. So we're, we're going to go through these here. This comes from John S. in York, Pennsylvania, and this kind of goes down that injury road a little bit. So it, it's a good time to bring this one up. Hey, Mary Kay, Baker seems to have fairly severe injuries that are affecting his gameplay. Do you think if he were healthy and throwing accurately, all the current issues would not be occurring? And I think this is an interesting question because – the evaluation of Baker Mayfield is very difficult, and part of it is figuring out how much has to do with the injuries and how much has to do with maybe him regressing or just not being that quarterback we saw in the second half of last year, maybe being more of the quarterback we've seen at other times. You know, it is a great question because, you know, we don't really know the answer to this. It is the big mystery of 2021. How much of what we're seeing out there can be attributed to Baker Mayfield's injuries. Sometimes I feel like we talk about the left shoulder injury like it's the right shoulder, right? You know, it's, it's like, oh my God, he's got a shoulder, he's got this torn labor. And that is true, but it's not his throwing shoulder. And somehow it seems to me that he should be able to execute an accurate pass given that his right shoulder is still healthy. And if he can't, then they have to take a really serious look at why he is playing because he, he really hasn't been himself since he tore the labrum in week two. So I definitely think uh, that it's an issue, how much of an issue or what to do about it. I don't know. I mean, they keep telling us he's fine. And if the docs say he's fine, then the only reason why you would be benching him at this point would be for performance. And I don't think they're there yet. I still think that they believe that, 80% of Baker Mayfield is better than 100% of Case Keenum. Is he or is he not? I don't know. It's hard to say. I would have to think that in a couple of the games that we have seen this season, that maybe Case would have actually been the better quarterback. Well, it's hard to look at yesterday's game and not think that Case would have at least been as good as Baker was yesterday. I mean, that was a brutal football game. So Case certainly could have done that uh, and, and most likely would have played better. I d this is a really tough spot for this organization to be in, and we've talked about it. Like, you've got to get a read on this guy. Even if the decision is they're going to go into that fifth year and add, a, add some competition or something like that, this risks being a lost year unless they've already made their decision. Yes, Dan, it is. A, it's a huge, huge issue right now. Right. And I think that uh, when I looked to the final seven games of the season, I thought that the Detroit Lions game would be one 
in which Baker Mayfield would look pretty good and that it might like kick off a, a, a good stretch for him of finishing strong and making sure that, you know, the Browns make the playoffs because it is still all there for them. They just have to take care of their business and win their division games. It's not going to be easy, but it is there for them. I mean, it is possible to do it. Um, and so I think that that was, it, it rattled, it rattled my thinking to watch what happened yesterday, because now I'm like, wait a minute, you know, what was that? And where is this going? And just the way things ended and how he walked off and wouldn't talk. I don't know. It just felt like um, there's something amiss. And I don't know if it can necessarily be salvaged. Now, maybe it can, maybe it can, but it seems like there's enough of a disconnect that I think that, that Baker's camp, and he does, he's got a team of people in the same way that Odell has a team of people. I mean, these guys that get to it, that are a cer- at a certain level in their uh, career and talent level, they, they have a, like a, a posse. And I think that Baker's camp is gonna have to get together and figure out what they want. And then they're gonna have to get together and, and talk things through with the Browns. And they're have, gonna have to come to a meeting of the minds because nobody wants to go through something like this again next year. It's, it's not, I mean, Dan, you've been saying this the last couple of podcasts, just something seems off about this team, right? Something right. does seem off about this team. And I think one of the things that's off about this team is uh, that disconnect between Baker and whatever's going on with, you know, the coaching staff or play calling or whatever. He doesn't seem uh, like he's himself. And I feel like it's just something that needs to be worked through. And you're right. I tried to ask, I've tried to ask Kevin about it. I've tried to ask Baker about it. It's not something that they're going to sit there and answer in a press conference. Oh yes, we're, we have <laughs> got to work through our, you know, our, our issues, but, um, but I think that you can see that they're there. And so on that side of the ball, that's what I think is going on there. On the other side of the ball, I think, I mean, Miles came out and told us how he feels. Miles came out and told us exactly how he feels. Now, should he have done that necessarily quite like that? Um, I said, no, I don't think that your team leader should necessarily come out after a loss like that, 45 to seven, and say we didn't make sideline adjustments and halftime adjustments. But on that side of the ball, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between DE1 and defensive coordinator. And on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between QB1 and offensive coordinator. So if you look right there, your two team leaders, you got one saying something after a game, after the Patriots game, you got one saying nothing after the Lions game. And I think therein lies the problem. So, you know, since we're talking about Baker, before we move on to to some of the other Baker issues, there are obviously things that, that he said today that I know a lot of people have been talking about. I'm just curious you know, when, when he talks about the fans in, you know, we kind of covered the not talking stuff on the, on the post game pod, but when he, when he talks about like the fans that booed him and things like that, what, what did you think of all of that today? Well, let me just say this, first of all, about the, the whole fan piece. Okay. After covering this team for, you know, 30 some years now, um, I've watched these fans stick by this team through thick and through thin through good quarterbacks and not so good quarterbacks, mostly not so good quarterbacks. Uh, I've watched them come out in the rain and in the snow. And I think it's um, a slippery slope to start to go down that road 
where you're getting into it a little bit with the fans. I, I just don't know that that is what you want to be doing. I mean, this, this fan base for the most part loves Baker Mayfield. I mean, they love him. Baker gets Cleveland, Cleveland gets Baker, right? So I think he should want to preserve that amazing relationship that he has. I mean, all, all you have to do is look at any of my mentions on Twitter. If I say anything, you know, <laughs> even remotely critical about Baker, I'm getting hammered for that, right? Because they love Baker Mayfield. And that's great. It should be like that. There should be a wonderful love affair between the fan base and, and their quarterback. However, I do think that it, it is just um, ill-advised to kind of go off on the fans in a, in a public press conference like, like that. And, you know, talk about, you know, them making noise at the wrong time and sort of getting into it like that. It's frustrating. It's, this is such a hard season. And remember, Baker's a young man. I mean, he's just a young guy. I've got a son his age, basically. And sometimes I think, my goodness, I, I couldn't imagine uh, my son having to deal with all this avalanche of criticism and everything that goes on that these quarterbacks have to deal with. Um, but having said that, I don't know, Dan, on some level, I'm, sh I'm sure you probably agree with me that you have to be really careful about just that very delicate relationship that you have with the fans. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think like, if you want to make us a punching bag, okay, whatever. Obviously we don't love it, but if, if that's what you want to do, that that's your choice. And okay, well, you know, we'll deal with it. We'll get through it. You know, we'll show up to work the next day too, just like you will. But I, yeah, going after the fans, even if you think that they should be quiet when you're on offense. And I get that. And I don't know. I mean, we know how Browns fans are. These fans show up at six in the morning and start drinking in the Muni lot. It's probably going to be hard to keep 70,000 of those people quiet when you're trying to operate on offense. So yeah, I, you can't go after the fans. Cause like you said, those are the people that are going to have your back through thick and thin. And, you know, when I did that story last year about, you know, younger fans and who had never kind of experienced success, every single one of them were just, they were all in on Baker Mayfield. Like you, mm -hmm. you can't lose that. You, no. you just can't. And so I, I think that is, like you said, a slippery slope. I think that's the right way to put it. It was a small segment of fans that I think you went after today. Mm -hmm. you just, you've got to be careful. Yeah. You, you, you definitely have to be careful about that. And I think it's a sign of, and I've been, I've been saying this for the last couple of columns that I've written that I think he's showing some signs of strain. He's showing it, it, things are getting to him. I mean, think about this season. I mean, he has really had to keep his mouth shut for the most part. And I think he's done a really good job with all of that. I mean, look what he had to do deal with, with the Odell Beckham Jr. Saga, right? I mean, right. how many people have to be called out like that by your star receiver's father? And then you've got LeBron James joining the free OBJ movement and that you, you've been held up and humiliated publicly like that. And you know what? I'm sorry. That, that was a very stressful and difficult situation. It really was. And I think, it, um, I think it's having a lingering effect. I think that's having a lingering effect. That was very, very difficult. Baker admitted that, um, that he doubted himself a little bit in 2019. And I, I have to wonder if he's not kind of back there a little bit, sort of just struggling a little bit with this whole situation emotionally. There's a lot on his plate. He was supposed to take this team to the Super Bowl. 
he was supposed to get a $40 million a year contract extension. And all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of a battle with your star receiver. And even some of your own teammates are liking the post, right? right. I mean, that got weird. I mean, that, that got weird. And it's been, it's been stressful. It's been a stressful, stressful season on Baker Mayfield in many, many ways. And um, Alex Van Pelt always talks about him as being one of the toughest minded individuals he's ever been around. And that's true. He is for the most part, but he is also human. He is also human. And this season, in my opinion, is the hardest one on Baker Mayfield that he's had so far in his career here. This is harder than some of the other really difficult things that he's been through. And he's been through a lot. Think about that. Your first year to have to go through the Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson saga. <laughs> that was year one for QB one. That was year one. What did he get the second year? Freddie kitchens as his head coach. I mean, I mean, it doesn't really get much worse than that with what went on that year. Okay. Todd Munkin disconnect Freddie kitchen with Freddie kitchens. Uh, a little bit of a disconnect between the receiver room and the quarterback room. So that was hard, but this is harder. This year is harder than those two years because this one includes Baker uh, with the weight of the world on his shoulders and a body that is really beat up right now. Well, and the other thing it includes too, and there you had these a little bit in 2019, but there's like real expectations this year. Mm -hmm. You know, 2019 always felt a little bit like, eh, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but you won a playoff game last year. And uh, mm -hmm. we, I mean, we've talked about it. You probably should have gone to the Super Bowl a year ago. As soon as Patrick Mahomes got hurt, you probably should have gone to the Super Bowl. These, these are real expectations. This team is supposed to make the playoffs. They're supposed to win playoff games. And now you're six and five and in last place. And you're, you're not playing real well as a quarterback and your offense is not playing well. And I think that adds to it as well. Um, just mm -hmm. dealing with all of that and just not only being, not only disappointing with your performance, but your team has, I mean, this is weird to say at six and five, but your team has been a disappointment too. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about this. They are really lucky to be sitting at six and five today. They are so lucky. I mean, it could have come down to uh, Dan Campbell opting to go for it on fourth and one, which I absolutely 100% would have done if I were him. What do you have to lose? I mean, really, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I mean, you can, somehow you can make a yard there. Uh, and if you can't, well, so what? You know, so you're going to lose another game and get a higher draft pick. Um, so I think everyone recognizes that they came off a 45-7 shellacking by New England. And then they followed that up by almost losing to the winless Detroit Lions, starting a really not good backup quarterback who had never started an NFL game before and had a 30 something rating. Okay. So this wasn't even like Jared Goff versus Baker Mayfield. This was Tim Boyle, right? <laughs> and they almost lost the game. They almost lost the game. I mean, between Dan Campbell's questionable decisions and a bunch of pass interference calls and third down defensive penalties on the part of the Lions, they could have easily lost that game. So I think they, they recognize that, uh, you know, there's trouble in paradise right now. And 
if they are going to pull it together and they, they're already behind the eight ball in some of the tiebreakers, if they're going to get it together and make the playoffs, the pressure, the heat is on enormously. Yeah. I don't think anything sums up this season more than the thought that if Jared Goff had played that game, the Browns might lose it or the Browns probably do lose it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If Jared Goff plays in that game, that kind of sums up the Browns, uh, the Browns 2021 season pretty perfectly. Okay. A few more questions here. Uh, There were a lot of Baker questions and I'm going to try and kind of grab one here that I think kind of sums up what a lot of people were getting at. Joel from Canton. Uh, and this has to do with Kevin Stefanski's decision yesterday. And we touched on this a little already, but, but just to kind of put a bow on it. Hey, Mary Kate, why won't Kevin Stefanski pull Baker out of the game when he keeps playing very badly and he keeps racking up injuries? And it did feel like yesterday there might have been an opportunity to say, Baker, why don't you sit down? We're going to let Case Keenan finish this. You know, it's a good question. I think you ride out, ride it out with your starting quarterback until until you feel like he cannot get the job done with you anymore. You don't want to really start benching him this week. And then you put him back in and then you bench him again. I mean, that I think can be counterproductive. The only way that I think that you bench Baker Mayfield for performance, even in the middle of a game is if you're ready to not start him the next week. If you're ready to say, you know what, we're going to see if, if Case Keenum can't do a better job and write this ship. And I think, and we've said this last week, if Baker's healthy, either you make the decision to start him because he's healthy and you think he can get the job done, or, or you have to be ready to say, he's not cutting it and we're sitting him down. And I just don't think they're there yet. I just don't think they're there yet. I still think that, you know, when you look ahead to the, these uh, Ravens games, the Ravens, you know, if, if the Browns offense can get onto the field, they have some opportunities, you know, they, they will have some chances because there are some major issues going on with that Ravens defense and their 32nd ranked pass game. So if Kareem Hunt comes back and everybody's healthy and Jack Conklin's there helping to protect Baker Mayfield and, and uh, some of your receivers are back, if Donovan Peoples-Jones is back, you know, I keep saying this week after week, but you would have to think that they could move the ball and exploit some one-on-one mismatches in Baltimore on Sunday. We haven't seen it, but I still feel like the potential is there and that Baker can get that job done. Yeah, unfortunately, they played a pass defense is probably just as bad as Baltimore's on Sunday. That's the... That's, that's the scary part. I mean, the Lions are giving up 8.3 yards per pass attempt. The Ravens are at 8.1 yards mm-hmm. per pass attempt. And the Browns were unable to, to move the ball. So we'll see. Uh, we are going to skip ahead to this question because this is obviously someone who has been listening to the podcast. Uh, this is Mike from Aurora. Hey, Mary Kay, with all the weekly drama that surrounds this team, can the Browns put that aside and actually get a W on Sunday? Mike thinks the only option for a win is to take advantage of Baltimore's terrible pass defense. So as we spin this forward, I mean, do you feel like this team can put everything from the last two weeks behind them and and get to Baltimore and pull out a win? I think they can. They certainly have the talent to be able to do so. They definitely have the talent and they should be as healthy this game as they have been in a long, long time. JOK is supposed to play this game. Kareem Hunt is supposed to be back this game. 
Jack Conklin is supposed to be back. They should mostly have their full complement. And Baker claims that he feels good for this game, that he's going to feel better this game than he feels because the knee uh, should be healed up a little bit more. Uh, that knee contusion that he has, uh, that should be better. And um, so, I mean, they're pretty darn healthy. The, the whole key for this game is, I mean, it's going to be in Baltimore. And we've talked about this, Dan, that home field advantage doesn't seem to be a huge thing this year for whatever reason, the home team is not faring as well as it has in the past, even though those fans are back in the stadiums. I, I don't really get it. Um, but Baltimore is always a tough place to play. It's going to be loud. Um, they don't have, obviously they don't have the defense that they thought they were going to have this year. And that will be uh, the, the Browns only saving grace is if they can somehow uh, figure out a way to attack them and make some hay in that regard. But what they're going to have to do is um, is get that offense off the field. They're going to have to get that offense off the field. And Lamar, as long as he's over this virus that kept him out of this Bears game, if he's back healthy and feeling okay, you know, maybe he'll be rested and feeling good. And um, they know how big this game is for them. I mean, they they know how important these two games are. If the Ravens lose these two games, they're they're probably going to lose the division. And they've got the Steelers in between. So they know that they've got to, they've got to get this one that they cannot afford to lose, to lose at home on national television to the Cleveland Browns nipping at their heels. So huge game. Yeah. I mean, these, these two games are enormous on both sides, but Baltimore wins both these games. So Baltimore loses both these games. The Browns and Ravens are even in the loss column and that's without factoring in whatever happens against Pittsburgh. But if the Browns lose these two games, it's basically over. Like they're mm-hmm. not, they're not winning the division. Um, they'll be too far behind and it's just not going to happen. So I mean, these are the two most important games probably for both team seasons. So you mentioned that home record. I wanted to look it up. The Ravens are four and one at home. And these are the teams they've beaten Kansas city, um, Indianapolis. And that's one of just two losses for the Colts in their last, however many games they're like one, two, three, four, five, so they're seven and two in their last nine. And one of those came to Baltimore in Baltimore. They beat the chargers and they beat the Vikings at home. Now they, they had that weird loss to the Bengals before the bye week that 41, 17 loss. But like you said, this is a very good home football team and they've beaten some really good teams at M and T bank. Yes, they have. Uh, and they lost, they've lost their starting safety since then, but, yeah. um, but they've had an opportunity to regroup since then, I think, and try to, to be able to overcome that. Um, so yeah, it's, um, they are a good home team and it always has been traditionally very difficult for the Browns to win there. And the intensity is going to be so high. I mean, the whole country is going to be watching this game. Uh, th- there's so much riding on it. There's so much at stake. It doesn't get any bigger than this for Baker in his career. These are the two biggest games of his Browns career. Uh, back to back to try to save this season and in some respects save his long-term future with the Cleveland Browns because if they go down this season and don't make the playoffs who knows what happens in terms of of who the starting quarterback is going to be next year (laughs) right I mean I know it sounds crazy to say no there's a lot on the line in these two games Right. There's a ton on the line in these two games. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't think that's an overstatement. 
Okay, let's wrap it up and see if we can come up with something positive here. Tom mm-hmm. from Middlebury, Connecticut. Hey, Mary Kay, can you give us some reasons to believe the Browns offense can snap out of this funk because he's not seeing any? So we've mentioned that Baltimore pass defense, but what reasons are there for fans to believe that this funk on offense is going to end? Well, I'll give you two reasons. Actually, let me give you three. I'm going to give you three reasons. If Jack Conklin, Kareem Hunt, and Donovan Peoples-Jones play in this game, that can make an enormous difference in this game. Donovan Peoples-Jones alone, he has 30 career catches, five touchdowns. That means he catches a touchdown pass, pass one every sixth attempt or target. I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good. I mean, Jarvis is up somewhere in the like 20 range. One touchdown every six passes. So he, he's an important go-to guy for Baker Mayfield. He's got a nose for the end zone and a natural connection with Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield needs that because his natural connection, for whatever reason, with, with Rashard Higgins is not there this year. His natural connection, for whatever reason this year, with Jarvis Landry is not there this year. So he's got to find it with someone. Kareem Hunt, he's going to come in here. He's going to come back in here and he's going to be a key part of that short passing game, the screen game, uh, setting things up that way and plowing through people and running over people. If he's healthy enough to do that. And if he plays, he will be. So I think getting those three guys back could be absolutely huge on Sunday night. Yeah. They, they miss Kareem hunt a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything he can kind of do the mismatches he can create. Um, and then honestly, you go back to that Monday night game last year he was a real when they would get him out on a linebacker it was just a matchup baker could kind of pick on and he had a couple big plays matched up with the linebacker and it just changes what you do offensively and they need anything they can get any sort of i don't want to call him a deep threat but he can make big plays in the passing game you know so donovan people's jones can be your deep threat kareem can at least give you something it gives baltimore another thing to think about because the browns just don't really have that right now beyond nick chubb and you know, yeah, Nick Chubb caught a touchdown pass, but he's not the threat in the receiving game that Kareem Hunt is. No, and um, and normally that you would think of Jarvis in that way, right? But oddly enough, as I mentioned before, it's just, it's not there right now. And uh, maybe it'll be there on uh, on Sunday night. But if I'm the Ravens, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to take Jarvis out of the game, right? I mean, with Odell yeah. not there, I mean, he's probably, uh, you know, the number one receiving threat that you would be thinking about as you're game planning. And uh, they're, they're going to do everything they possibly can uh, to try to minimize him. So it will help. I think it'll help a lot to have Kareem. I really do. I think they'll, uh, I think it'll be just the spark that they need and who knows where, where that can lead. Still second on the team in total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And second on the team in scrimmage yards. And he's missed five games. So he's yeah. pretty important. How about, how about receptions too? No, uh, I, I believe he's fourth. I be, believe he's fourth in receptions. Yeah. But still, I mean, he's, that's having missed five games. He's fourth <laughs> right. on the team in receptions. Right. I know. It's uh, been that kind of year. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that'll do it here for our Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. A little bit of a different schedule this week, as you'd expect at the holiday. We're not going to have a pod on Thanksgiving. There will not be a gotta watch the tape this week. We'll be back uh normal on Wednesday. And then like I said, Thursday off. Friday we'll have our predictions pod, sort of a round table too, because it's going to be a little bit early to make predictions when we record that on Wednesday night. But we'll we'll get some picks out for you anyway. Uh because look, 
even with time to prepare. I'm getting them wrong all the time regardless. So whatever. Caution to the wind. I just need to throw some picks out there on Wednesday and see what happens. Uh, like I said, that'll do it for this pod. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.